This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me. As always, Combine Week is upon us. The 2023 NFL Combine is set to kick off later this week. It starts out with the, they rearrange and shuffle the order this year. Thursday, the workouts on the field, the 40s start with the defensive linemen and the linebackers. So we got our DTs, our, our edge players and defensive ends, and then the linebackers. Friday, it's the defensive backs, which usually are the last uh, group every year to go. But Friday is going to be the safeties and the cornerbacks. And then on the weekend, we shift our attention over to the offense. On Saturday, it's going to be the uh, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. And then on Sunday, it is going to be running backs and offensive linemen. We will have wire-to-wire coverage at Saturday to Sunday. Nightly recap shows that will be in your podcast inbox by the next morning. We will be live-tweeting the entire Combine weekend, Uh, my thoughts on every single player at the Combine, uh, round projections, how they win, snapshot of who they are, uh, answering questions, stock up, stock down, retweeting some of the other and quote tweeting some of the best in the industry uh, who are getting tidbits as well if they're on the grounds there in Indianapolis. So a lot of people look at the Combine and think it's overrated. I do not think it's overrated. We here at Saturday Sunday have always said there's a place. It's part of the process. And I think we all understand that the most important part of it is the things that we do not see. The most important part of it are the injury and the medical checks, the health checks for these guys and, you know, the exams and stuff like that. And two, the interviews behind the scenes go a long way with teams feeling comfortable drafting these prospects. That is obviously not anything that we are privy to, but the stuff that we are privy to, I think does have some merit. Here at Saturday Sunday, we have long said that the combine is basically the SATs of the NFL draft. And by that is it puts everybody on a level playing field. Pro days, the surfaces, are catered to what a prospect wants to do at a pro day. Uh, Competition during college football season, level of opponents, uh, conference, all that stuff dramatically impacts and skews statistics and, you know, the analytics side of it, market share, all this other stuff. So the combine puts everybody on the same Plain. Everyone's level playing field. We can compare somebody's athleticism who played in the SEC at Alabama. We can compare it to a division, you know, a, a D1A school or division two school if, if those prospects are at the combine. But everybody in the level playing field, I think the value of it is seen in terms of the workouts. I like to see guys do things repeatedly over and over. I think certain things stand out when you see that natural hands, uh, you know, the ability to change direction, stuff like that. And then also, I also think I like to see players go there and compete. We know for some people they're probably not going to, and I understand that as well. But I also do think the full athletic picture does two things. One, it sends us back to the film for good or bad. Maybe we thought someone was a better athlete and they test out poorly, and then maybe we missed something. And then on the flip side, maybe someone tests out as a better athlete that we had 
concerns about their athletic ability. And then therefore it sends us back to the tape. Maybe we didn't see enough tape. Maybe we missed something, you know, or maybe it shows that there's a little bit more upside and behind the scenes. Like, you know, the, the more, the most recent dramatic example was Justin Jefferson in the early stages of the pre-draft process. We thought he was ticketed mostly for a slot role to the NFL. Cause that's how LSU used him. Most people thought he was going to run like a four five or four five five. And he was going to be a slot guy in the NFL. And then he went to the combine and he ran much faster than anybody expected. And we started to realize there was a little bit more there than, you know, maybe a lot more than we thought originally. And he showed that by going to the combine and testing as well as he did. And we've obviously now know, you know, the success he's had at the NFL level for sure. So it helps send us back to the film looking for new things. And also, I think it helps sort ties, right? If we're, if, if we have guys in a tier, but are having a hard time ranking guys, you know, well, maybe the combine and the total athletic picture could help us sort within that tier and break some ties in this. And I think in this class, the running back position, the tight end position, I think the combine could really help sort some things out at the top of the tight end board. And then in the, you know, four, five through like 12 at the running back position, I think the combine could help crystallize it a little bit when we're trying, when these things are very close knit together and we're trying to break some ties, I think the combine can go a long way. So that's like the big picture of why I value the combine for a variety of reasons. Seeing guys do one drill right after the next, uh, sending us back to the film because we see something different, good or bad, you know, uh, at the combine than what we saw on film, helping sort, you know, tiers and break ties amongst guys, I think is how I use it. And then obviously on top of it, the medical checks and the interviews and the whiteboards have significant value towards NFL teams as they're trying to, you know, sort their board and finalize their board. So I think it's a big part of the pre-draft process. Uh, I think it's fun. I think it's became a TV event, but I think there's a lot of value and merit to it. So I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for the four days of coverage over on NFL Network, the interactions that I'll do on Twitter, some of my favorite during the combine and then draft weekend. Uh, while I at times do not have enough time to be as active as I want on social media, you know, and interacting, you know, with listeners and fans. The combine weekend and the draft weekend are, are two weekends that I make sure and make it a point to make sure I'm very active. I will respond to every single, you know, reply that somebody sends me, uh, at times, right. You know, there are parts of it that, you know, might be hard live during it, but I will circle back. I will cycle back and I will respond to every single person that sends me a message, whether it's asking a question, whether it's, you know, critiquing my thoughts on the player and, and maybe asking me to further elaborate. If it's asking for a fantasy spin on the guy, I will write back every single reply that I get, uh, before, you know, the day's done for each day of the NFL combine. So I want to, the rest of the show, I just kind of want to go through the, the skill positions uh, and just kind of talk about things I'm looking forward to seeing at the combine. Obviously during the combine itself on social media and then the recap shows, we will veer off to the other side of the ball, talk some defense, uh, talk some offensive linemen. Uh, but we're going to focus our attention tonight just on the skill positions where we usually live, except for draft weekend and, you know, the recap shows after the draft by team and, you know, and then a little bit on combine weekend too. We kind of show, you know, our versatility here a little bit at Saturday, Sunday. I've been digging in 
watching film, taking notes, you know, reading up on, on other positions uh, on the defensive side and the O-line as well. So I have feel like I have a snapshot of who these players are to share that with you in the draft projections notebook, on Twitter, uh, you know, to, to familiarize yourself as well uh, if you don't have time, you know, to to do it yourself. So let's start with the quarterback position. And I, and I do think the quarterback position more than any other one, it's hard to get a lot from the combine. But let's talk about a few things that I'm looking for. One, does Bryce Young measure? I know it sounds ridiculous that the height and the weight of a player is significant. But when we're talking about Bryce Young being the first, second, third, fourth, fifth overall pick, whatever he ends up being, he's going to be somewhere in there, probably first or second. I do think that the measurements that come in could be such an outlier that it's at least worth conversation. You know, I was on a podcast the other night with, you know, J.D. Renzo and Brandon Lejeune, and they asked me, you know, if he comes in at 5'10", 190, are you going to change your stance of him being your QB1? And I'm not, right? Because we've seen we've seen there be a change in, in the NFL in terms of valuing guys who don't fit the prototype. And I think Bryce Young has enough about him. But I do think it's significant still in terms of where if he comes in at those numbers, we're talking about him being – the rarest outlier at the quarterback position in terms of height and weight we've ever seen. So that does mean something. I'm curious as whether he dips the measurements at the combine weights to his pro day. Maybe he can gain another five, 10 pounds before the pro day rolls around, try to come in at 195 to even maybe 200 uh, to kind of satisfy that. And then he could drop, drop the weight back. Uh, because I do think there are some teams in the NFL that maybe would take them off their board, you know, or at least the top of their board, I should say, based on those measurements when they're trying to, you know, figure out who the top quarterback prospects are in this class. Some teams might be really opposed to a guy with that size and frame if he came in that small. So I think that's one significant thing. Two, I'll be really interested to see if CJ Stroud and Will Levis, what do they take part of at the combine, right? CJ Stroud has been riding the the momentum of, that game against Georgia in the national semifinals. And I think his stock is about as high as it can go right now. Does his team agency representation just kind of say, listen, your, your play on the field speaks for itself. That lasting image of you in the game you played against Georgia. Let's just set the stage for your pro day and let's not do anything at the combine. I could totally see that being the case for CJ Stroud, not saying it's going to be, but I could see that. So I'd be interested to see if, if Stroud does anything. If he does run the 40, I do think there's a little bit, a little bit untapped athleticism that he doesn't use a lot. We saw a little bit in that Georgia game, but no, no other time. So like, I don't think he's running like a 505. I think he might be, you know, a 475, 48 type guy, a little bit more athletic than we give him credit for. Not a guy who's going to use his legs a lot, but maybe a little bit. Uh, Will Levis, you know, a lot of question marks about Will Levis, but here's the thing. Can Will Levis help himself or only hurt himself? Because draft Twitter and big media Twitter, I mean, big media NFL draft seem to be very different on him. Most of the draft Twitter things, he's a, he's a second round pick. But all we've heard from the major draft guys is that he's going top five, top 10. And the NFL really is intrigued by the skill set. So is it worth Will Levis to do anything there? And if he doesn't look great, give a little bit more ammunition to the people who have their reservations and concerns about him. I'm not sure. And then on the flip side is Anthony Richardson. Daniel Jeremiah just last week in his conference call, you know, setting the stage for the combine 
said there are some teams that have Anthony Richardson as number one on their board in terms of quarterback prospects. He said in his last mock, I think he had him going 18 or something. He said if he could redo it, he would have him going off the board before then. He doesn't think he goes uh, that late. So same thing I asked. Does, is, there, is it worth it for Richardson to go there? Because if he goes and partakes, he's going to blow up all the things that we know he's going to blow up. He's going to jump high. He's going to run fast. He's going to show his athleticism ability. But we already know that. We already know. I keep comparing him to he's basically a faster version of Cam Newton. That's what I think of him. Or blend Lamar Jackson speed and athleticism with Cam Newton, the thrower coming out of Auburn. I think, you know, I think that's kind of the blending of, of who we're talking about here. So if Richardson does everything there, well, we kind of know he's going to test out as an athletic freak for the quarterback position because he is, but if he throws and he's, it's really bad or a lot of inaccuracies, then also the, those question marks and, and that noise gets even louder. So does he just kind of say, I'm going to wait to my pro day. I'm going to have a very scripted plan that I'm ready for, and I'm going to throw there. So maybe he does some athletic number stuff here, shows that part of it, stuff that he's going to shine at, and then maybe he waits to throw at his pro day. I don't think that's at a, real, at a realm of possibility as well. So I think there are some question marks with all of these guys. I don't know how much we're going to see of the top four quarterbacks at the Combine in terms of what they're willing to do and how much they're willing to be involved. After that, I don't really think I don't think Hen, I don't expect Hendon Hooker to do anything. So for him, it's more about the interview process and the medicals. Uh, after that, I, I think I don't think the combine is going to help us sort out, you know, Tanner McGee, Jay Kaner, Aiden O'Connell, Jerron Hall, you know, those guys who are going to be, you know, the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth quarterback coming off the board in the NFL draft. I don't think the combine is going to do anything to dramatically help Stetson Bennett or Max Dugan, you know, Malik Cunningham and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yeah, they should run and, and they should try to use that to kind of help their, their draft stock a little bit. We know they're going to run fast. Maybe they run even faster than we think. So I'd be interested to see if Cunningham and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson run because they could run a very fast time, uh, you know, and that would be something that I think, you know, would help them you know, at least be on people's radars, you know, late in, you know, the draft or as a priority free agent. If we take this to the running back position, here's here's where I think it gets really interesting because I've been on record as I think B. John's in his own tier. I think Jameer Gibbs is in his own tier. I think Devin A-Chain is his own tier. I'm excited to see A-Chain rain. I, A-Chain run. I think he's going to run four, sub four three. How low can he go is the question. Can it be four? Can he be low four twos, mid four twos, high four twos? I think Devin A chain is going to run in the four twos. Uh, it'll be just to see, you know, but then don't double count. That's why we like Devin A chain, right? I love Devin A chain, but it's because he knows the speed, the speed, the explosion, the burst, all that stuff, the acceleration. So I'm expecting him. If he doesn't explode and, and be amazing at that, well, that would be cause for concern. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see anything from the top three. I, I will be interested to see if Jameer Gibbs runs the 40 early in the year. I think a lot of people thought he was more of like a four, four, five type guy. But I think as the year went on, I think he said something. And then we sort of, I think, I think he's got a chance to, to be like lower than, you know, Brees Hall and Kent Walker last year who were like in that high four, three range. I think he's got a chance to be mid four threes. And, and that's going to be an impressive feat. So I would like to see Jameer Gibbs run uh, the 40. Uh, but to me, the interesting part goes after those top three guys. Because I have a Tank Bigsby at four, Zach Evans at five, Ty J Spears at six, Roshan Johnson at seven, Eric Ray at eight, uh, Izzy Abaconda at nine, Kendrick Miller at 10, Zach Charbonnet at 11, you know, Kenny McIntosh at 12, you know, Dwayne McBride at 13. 
I can re-rank them so in any order, almost four to 13. I really can. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see these guys in their full athletic profiles because I think they're so close-knit for me that if a guy surprises, good or bad, I think I could see some shuffling in the running back ranks for myself and for many other people. Uh, I expect, you know, Zach Evans to test really well if he doesn't. And coming off a year where he wasn't that productive, I could see that hurting Zach Evans. Uh, Eric Gray, if he tests, I think he's going to be a, a good tester. If he's a great tester, I think that could help him. I think, you know, Izzy Avakan that his size and frame, same thing with Kendra Miller. If they test really well, I think you could see those guys move up. Because I've been on record saying, I think Kendra Miller, big, big size body, big running back body, but plays like a smaller running back. And that's a compliment. It means quick feet, uh, better speed than expected, you know, the movement skills. So I think Kendra Miller and Izzy Abaconda could be winners, you know, if they, if they test out even better than we expect them to. And then on the flip side, what does Zach Charbonnet do? Because if I'm his representation, I might say do nothing. I really might. I might never run a 40 time before the draft. Because when it comes to Charbonnet, I'm not as high on him as the consensus. But a lot of the consensus has him as like a late round two to mid round three type running back in terms of where they think he's going to go off the board, in terms of people's big boards, et cetera, et cetera. I think he's more of a, you know, a late round three, early day three type prospect. I think... I don't think the combine is set up for him to do very well. I think he'll be okay in the jumps. Not great. I think he'll be, I think he would test poorly in the change of direction stuff, the shuttles and that stuff. And I don't think he's going to run very fast in the 40. I don't think he's going to have a very good 10 yard split. I think he has good buildup speed, but I don't think that's, I don't know if that's going to still come across in the 40. I think the 10 would be rather pedestrian. And I think the 40, to me, he's got like, he's AJ Dillon without the explosion. And, you know, AJ Dillon was a third round pick and I was kind of on an Island liking AJ Dillon, but I liked AJ Dillon because the size frame compared with the top level athleticism, a guy who was on Bruce Feldman's freak list, a guy who we knew was going to run fast. I don't see that for Charbonnet. So I think Charbonnet could hurt himself. Uh, I think this might be an opportunity for Sean Tucker to test really well. He's kind of been the forgotten man. You know, he's he's 14 for me, but he could easily take a jump up. I think Chase Brown, this is a really big combine. A lot of negative reports at the Senior Bowl. So I think for him to go there, he was another guy on Bruce Feldman's freak list. How does he test? I think will be big. Uh, Deuce Vaughn for a smaller guy, great college production. I expect him to test really well across the board, the jumps, the 40, the, the change of direction stuff. I think he needs that. And then small school guys, uh, like Keenan Mitchell out of East Carolina, I expect him to fly. I think it'll be fun to watch him. And then he's been hurt. So I don't know what he's going to do, but Travis Dye was an interesting guy that, you know, he missed the end of the season due to injury. I kind of like Travis Dye and he's kind of been a little bit of a forgotten man. So I'm interested to see Keenan Mitchell, interested to see uh, Travis Dye down there at Indianapolis. If we take this over to the pass catchers, let's start at the tight end group. I talked about it before. I kind of alluded to it. I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the top four guys are willing to do at the combine. If I said it before, and I'll say it again, if I was Michael Mayer's representation, and I don't want him to do this, but if I was Michael Mayer's representation, I might say do nothing because he's considered one of the top tight end prospects in the class. And He's going to be a top 40 pick. I, I think I could say safe. Most likely he's going to go around one, but I would, I'll even say top 40 because there's a lot of intrigue with the, the other tight ends. 
I think he could only hurt himself. So if he thinks there's a possibility of him running a, a rather slower pedestrian 40 time, I'm not sure I run it because to me, he could only hurt himself at the combine. He's not going to run a four five. He probably is not even going to run a four six. So for me, if he runs slower than that, like I think it only could hurt his stock, not help his stock. So if I was him, I'd want to, I, I, I would just want to kind of avoid it and not even do it. But if he does test, it'll be interesting to see because I think he's going to test as a, rag, a, a rather average uh, athlete and maybe his adjusted stuff might be a little bit better than that, but I'm not sure. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Mayer does there. After that, I'm fascinated to see Darnell Washington, Luke Musgrave, and Dalton Kincaid. I think post-combine is going to help me sort these ranks a little bit. Dalton Kincaid's getting a lot of buzz. He's a little bit of an older prospect. He's ex- he's mostly exclusively a pass-catching guy. Great ball skills, body control, adjustment, hands, route running, all that stuff. But we don't usually see pass-catching only guys go in round one unless they are special athletes. Kyle Pitts was a unicorn. Evan Ingram was an elite level athlete. David Njoku tested as an elite athlete. You know, OJ Howard is a more balanced tight end. So he doesn't really fit that as a guy who's mostly going to be a pass catcher. So I think it's really big for Dalton Kincaid. Like he has to test as, as one of the top tight end athletes there. And he probably will. But if he doesn't, or if the 40 time is good, but not great, I think it could hurt him a little bit. So he's another guy. What is he willing to do there? If he's not, if he's not going to run a fast 40 time, does he even do it? Because it could only hurt his stock there. I think it's an interesting conversation. I think Darnell Washington and Luke Musgrave are going to be the best athletic testers at the tight end position, especially when you start talking about weight adjusted. So I think Darnell Washington and Luke Musgrave are freaks. I'd like to see the show. Uh, neither of them have this top level production. Darnell, because, you know, the loaded group there at the tight end position and Brock Bowers waiting in the wings there, you know, for next year's draft class. And then Luke Musgrave injuries, the offense that he played in just limited how much of a production he had. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see what Darnell and Musgrave do, but I think both of them are freaks. I think both of them were on Bruce Feldman's freak list. They're both going to test out, you know, really well athletically. And then even more impressive when they do the size adjusted types numbers as well. After that, I'm looking to see Tucker Craft and Sam Laporta. What is their athleticism? They're my five six. Uh, I think as long as Kraft comes in as an above average athlete, I think he's safely in that five six range in terms of tight ends. And then Sam Laporta, I think as the year went on, he did some wildcat stuff in their last game. Like he, I think he showed better athleticism than I originally gave him credit for. So I'd like to kind of see him test as a pretty good athlete there. I think if him and Kraft test out pretty good, I think they're going to kind of solidify themselves as you know, tight end five, tight end six in some order there. After that, it'll be interesting to kind of see, you know, how does Luke Shoemaker test out of Michigan, Davis Allen out of Clemson, Cameron Latou out of Alabama, a couple other guys. I think Josh Wiley will test pretty well out of Cincinnati. Uh, you know, Payne Dorham not really going to probably test well. So, you know, I'm kind of expecting him to be, you know, average or below average in terms of athleticism. So not a, a big surprise there. I think Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion, he was another guy on Bruce Feldman's freak list. So he might be a, a, a real winner in terms of just his athletic testing as a guy that maybe can move up a little bit just based on, uh, you know, what the athletic testing show at the Combine. And then if we flip this over to what I'm looking for at the wide receiver position at the top, what does Jackson Smith and the Jigba do? You know, is he healthy enough? Is he running the 40? Is he doing the change of direction drills? You know, he might be another one that just says, I'm going to run the 40 one time. I'm going to wait to my pro day. I'm going to do the best time because that's the one number that I think people have some reservations about. I think he might run it faster than some people give him credit for. But as long as he's four, five, four, five, two, 
I think that's fine. I think that's what I expect. If he's faster than that, if he comes in sub four or five, then I start to think that we have a little bit of a, a start to have a little bit of the conversation we had to have with Justin Jefferson, that maybe there was more speed there, more ability to play on the outside than we originally gave him credit for. And maybe he was going to get a chance to show that this year if he didn't get injured, you know, once, you know, the, the outside positions there that Ohio State offense were more opened up by Chris Olave and Gary Wilson going on to the NFL. So I think I expect Jackson Smith and Jigba to look good in the drills if he does them. I expect him to do test out fantastic in the change of direction stuff. So for me, the only big one there would be, does he do anything? What does he do? And does he run the 40? Because I think that would be the one that would be most significant uh, in terms of that. The other guys at the top, I'd really love to see some exact measurements on Jordan Addison, Jalen Hyatt, Josh Downs, and Zay Flowers. They are my wide receivers two through five. I, I think the measurements, making sure that they come in at the numbers that they were listed at or close to it in college is one thing to kind of help sort some ties. Then does anybody test out very differently than what we expect? We kind of test them all. We kind of expect them to all be good athletes. I think we expect Jalen Hyatt to clearly run the fastest 40. I think he needs to. I think his whole game is predicated on that elite uh, speed, acceleration, burst, explosiveness. He needs a sub four three. I think he's going to run a sub four three. I think he's going to end up being the first wide receiver potentially taken in the NFL draft. But I think that's all predicated on him flying and showing that he does have that rare, special, elite calling card when we don't have a lot of players at the wide receiver position in this class that have that elite trait or that elite calling card. So I'm excited to see Jalen Hyatt. I think he will run the 40. I think that's his bread and butter. He knows that's what's going to get him drafted really high. He's got to go out there, run a sub four three, you know, and I think that will lock him in in the top 20, top 25 picks with the outside chance to go in the early teens, uh, you know, as high as where Houston's picking, I think would be the first uh, spot where a wide receiver really is legitimately in play. Uh, Jordan Addison, how does he test down there? I think his game is also predicated on speed. He's got obviously more route running and, and uh, you know, diversity and versatility to his game compared to Jalen Hyatt. But Jordan Addison, I think what people would, what people like better about Jordan Addison than say Josh Downs is I think they think Jordan Addison's a significant, a, a clearly faster and more explosive type player. I think Josh Downs is definitely better ball skills at, and at the catch point. But if they test out very similarly in terms of their 40 and their athletic testing and Josh Downs is better at the catch point and better ball skills for his size, well, then I think that might open the door that maybe Josh Downs can leapfrog Jordan Addison. Don't think it's going to happen. think Jordan Addison will run faster. I think he could be, he could be a 4-4 guy. I think Josh Downs would be, you know, maybe Jordan Addison could even be in the 4-3 somewhere. I think Josh Downs is more of like a 4-4-5 type guy, which is plenty fast. Zay Flowers, same thing. Is he 5-9? Does he start coming in smaller than that? Like, these are questions for all these guys. Downs, Flowers, Addison, what's their actual height? What do they run? We These guys need to test well in terms of their 40 and their change of direction stuff, because that's why you're thinking about drafting these guys in the top you know 32 picks if we're talking round one or maybe the top 10 15 picks of round two where i think all of these guys are going to be off the board they got to test out well in the change of direction stuff they got their measurements got to come in close to their college listed stuff and they got to run you know good 40 times you know after that then it's we know Quinton Johnson's going to test like a freak. How freakish is his overall package? I think that'll be fun to see. I think this is going to be Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati's coming out party. I think you're going to see a lot of buzz about Tyler Scott when he blows up the combine. He's a better route runner than, you know, a guy like Jalen Hyatt and some of these other guys, but he's got the speed and explosion too. If he runs a, a, a sub four three or even four three two or four three four, and he's a better route runner, 
and a better technician, do we start seeing his name generated as late round one to early to mid round two? I already think he's locked into day two. It's just where on day two. The combine could help sort that. Same thing with Tang Dell. Uh, you know, we know he's going to be short. We know he's, we, that's not going to change. He's got to run fast. The change of direction stuff has got to be special. If a team's going to invest in him as early as he might go somewhere on day two, uh, Keishan Booty talking about a guy who needs a big performance, right? He's got to show that why he was a five-star recruit, why he was once thought of as the clear number one wide receiver when he was draft eligible. And now you see most, you see most rankings. You don't even see him in most people's top tens anymore. He's right at 10 for me with some room to move up 10 and 11 are the guys. I think him and, and Cedric Tillman could be risers in this process. Uh, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah or Dave, I think it was Dane Brewer put out that if Cedric, there are reports that Cedric Tillman right, might run like a four, four, five. If he runs that at his size with the ball skills and body control and ability to adjust and win on the outside and the medicals check out, we're talking about a guy, another guy who's going to be in the top 40, top 50 mix. So I think this could be a big week for Cedric Tillman, big week for Keishan Booty. Those are two guys that I could see moving up my wide receiver board, maybe even into that seven, eight range after my top six guys, uh, who I think those guys probably just be shuffling the deck. You know, if Tyler Scott doesn't test out as good as I expect, maybe he drops down a little bit. Maybe Booty and Tillman can move up, to, you know, we're above Scott, Jaden Reed, and Tank Dell. I think that's a little bit of an interesting thing. And then Marvin Mims has been a little bit forgotten. I think Marvin Mims could maybe even leapfrog Keishan Booty and Tillman if they don't test out as well, and he tests out, and maybe he can throw himself into the mix with guys like Jaden Reed and Tank Dell and Tyler Scott as well. Uh, Rishi Rice has been kind of a forgotten man. Most people thought, you know, during the season, he was going to be a top 40, top 50 pick. He was very pedestrian and subpar at the, the senior bowl for more reports. So can he kind of re-elevate his stock? A.T. Perry, you know, what is his speed? We know he's got good size and frame. I think Parker Washington is not going to test well. Uh, to me, he's a reduced version of Jarvis Landry. I'm not sure the NFL is going to love that. So I think he's more of a, you know, I've seen some people think he's a round two guy. I think he's more of a late round three or day three type player. Uh, and then some other guys, like a forgotten guy like Rakeem Jarrett, who was on most people's top 10 wide receiver board before the year started, you know, lackluster year in terms of production. But this is a guy who was a former five-star recruit. I think he's going to test out really well. Could he use this to kind of catapult his stock a little bit? And then, you know, a guy like Xavier Hutchinson, who I'm a little bit down on, I have separation and speed concerns. Does he perform better at the combine than maybe I think to maybe generate some buzz for him? And maybe, you know, he's a guy that starts climbing up boards a little bit more. And maybe I like him a little bit more. But right now, I think he's more of a big body possession receiver uh, than a guy who I think is, is going to win, you know, outside at the X position. Uh, at the next level. So I think there's a lot of intrigue at the wide receiver position. There's going to be 50 of them there. I'm excited to see, you know, Michael Wilson, Trey Palmer, Trey Tucker, Charlie Jones. There's so many guys who are going to be there at the combine. Uh, it's it's going to be fun to kind of see. And then there's always going to be some surprises, some under the radar guys, some guys we're not even talking about, guys who aren't even in my scouting notebook that I might have to dig back into the film, you know, once I get a chance uh, after the combine and the dust settles. So there it is, guys. 2023 NFL Combine Preview. If you're enjoying this content, please get over to the website, ssfootball.com. Check out the premium content tab for $9.99. You get access to all our premium notebooks. It is the best way to support the show. It is the only way to help us continue to do what we do here at Saturday to Sunday. I hope you join me on Twitter, guys. Interact with me uh, this upcoming weekend for the Combine. Ask me questions. I love the interaction. I look forward to it. So I'm excited for the event you know, just in a couple days from now. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, 
and myself. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.